This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. And welcome to The Glow Show, Joy 94.9. Gabby, how are you going today? Wonderful. Wonderful. And uh, always wonderful. Always wonderful. Always happy to be here Monday night. It is. It's wonderful, isn't it? Start of the week. I know. Here with you, oh. talking to some wonderful police officers. It's a good way to start the week. It is a great way to start the week. Now, we've got a bit of a special episode tonight. Um, it's always a special episode with us. We need to talk a little about cars, which is going to be fantastic. You love that. I do. Airplanes, cars, boats, jet skis, you name it. I Anything love it. with an engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who have we got in tonight? Well, these wonderful police officers are people that I work with on a daily basis because they're part of the Melbourne Proactive Unit, which I which I work in. Mm-hmm. So we've got leading senior constable Glenn McFarlane, who's a crime prevention officer. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Gab. Thanks for having me. You've been on air on Joy over the years a number of times, so some people may recognise your voice and your name. And, oh. and hopefully welcome you back. And can I just say that I am not the Glenn McFarlane from the Herald Sun? <laughs> no, different. Uh, different, different Glenn McFarlane. Yeah, he's, I think he's got more hair than me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met him, perhaps. And we've also got another crime prevention officer from this unit, from our proactive unit, leading senior constable, Steph Else. Hi, Gabby. How are you? S- Steph, welcome to the show. I should give a little welcome. applause for you both. Both of you. <laughs> the little joy applause. Now, welcome to the Glow Show. It's uh, great having you here. Now, Glenn, I'll just start with you. Um, what made you decide to become a police officer? Uh, I think it was something I always wanted to do as mm-hmm. a young person, but um, with my vintage, I um, was actually too short to mm-hmm. join when they had height restrictions. So I end up working in the bank and then in the public service with the Air Force and then they re- got rid of the height restrictions, etc. So I end up joining, So, which is something I'd wanted to do from when I was a young person. And what uh, unit did you begin at after your uh, time at the academy? At the uh, general duties. Mm-hmm. We all sort of go through general duties and then we came into the city here and learned how to flap our arms around and direct traffic and, <laughs> and things like that. And then we went out to our uh, training stations. So uh, mine was at Sunbury. So okay. I was up there for two or three years and then I sort of moved around the northwest metro area and then I uh, went to the Macedon Ranges. Okay. And um, worked up in the country area up there and I actually spent uh, the turn of the century on night shift in Kyneton and uh, at midnight (laughs) we were sitting in the van down the main street of Kyneton. Wondering if the engine was going to stop? No, no person, no cars. Wow. And we were waiting for the, what was it? The um, millennium bug. Bug to to, to, whether it was going to kick in or not and uh, 
nothing happened and we kept going and went home in the morning. I love that millennium bug. You know, you've started it. It was really funny because I had some computer gurus in America and, and they were so obsessed by it and they bought guns and supplies. And I was on a, a yacht on the Yarra and it was one in the morning that it had turned. And I called them and I said, yep, everything's working. It was all crap. <laughs> you should have seen the disappointment. They were just so convinced it was going to happen. It was uh, interesting times, but yeah, fantastic. They hadn't gone into the bunker at all? or They were ready because they were like 10 hours or 12, 15 uh, hours behind uh, us. And I, I, I called and said, oh, the cars are going, the lights are working, everything's great. And I've, I've bought something from the shop. Everything's fine. It was all a lot of rubbish. Oh, I was in Sydney standing under the Harbour Bridge um, with about thousands and thousands of other people welcoming in the new century. None of us were too concerned about that. Obviously, you weren't working. No, I wasn't a police officer at that point. Okay. Now, Steph, what uh, made you become a police officer? Uh, probably a little bit like um, Glenn. I wanted it from a young age and uh, I remember finishing high school and uh, got the forms to apply and uh, my dad was like, oh, no, you're not joining the police force. So that put a stop to it. I went to uni got a degree, came back, um, went overseas, sorry, I then came back and got a job with Victoria Police as a public servant. So I worked for a few years and I worked with Crime Stoppers as well and and I thought, right, so um, off I went and applied and went through the whole process and just before I had to go into the academy, I said to my dad, um, I'm joining the police force. And the shock on his face, but and here I am today, so... And is he proud of you now? Sure is. Excellent. We love Crime Stoppers because the Glow Show started in about two 2008 or nine, as being um, joined with, with Crime Stoppers. So okay. the, the show was a regular, had a regular Crime Stoppers spot. So we love them. Yes, it was a great place to work for. And so after the Academy, where did you So I finished up from the Academy. I ended up at Doncaster. I was there for a couple of years. Uh, I also in between that time went off and had a, uh, a baby. So it put a bit of a stop to my uh, beginning of my career, I should say. Um, once I completed my two years, I came into the city and I worked at Melbourne West for about seven years. Loved it. Loved working in the city. I then moved on and worked in the intelligence unit for a um, two and a half years and now I've been back in the city with the Melbourne Proactive team with you guys. Wonderful. And we love having you. <coughs> oh, I love working with you. The Melbourne Proactive team, it must be a, a wonderful unit having all your It is because we've had quite a lot of, of the unit on over the years here. We've had um, Dinesh is a yes. regular, so he's one of our multicultural liaison officers. He comes on here all the time. But now we've got you with you, got, got you with us here. Um, can you tell me some interesting police stories? Because the public likes to hear some, some good policing stories, and I like to hear them too. Oh, we love police stories, don't we? Tell us something exciting. What, what's happened over your career that you're really proud of? An arrest or an event, an incident that you went to? Oh, look, there's probably many, um, but uh, a funny one I can tell you about when I first came um, into the city and uh, along Swanson Street, we had a um, member of the public tell us about a, a male who appeared to be drunk at the time. And uh, my offside I was working with, he said, I'll go and get the van and um, are you going to be okay with this guy? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. I'm talking to him. And then probably a couple of minutes later, he's realised, oh, hang on, I think I'm going to be taken away by this um, woman. So he's gone to run and I've chased him down Swanson Street. I've grabbed him and he's tried to remove his jacket. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, everybody's just watching me. So he's trying to get away. Yeah, he's trying to get away. So um, I'm sort of 
battling there with him. Having a wrestle. Yeah. So sort of got him half nearly down and then all of a sudden this woman comes out of nowhere and just jumps on him and puts him down and held him down there until uh, the other <laughs> police officer came, which was, uh, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, all I could think of was everyone's just watching me. But yeah, that was one funny incident that so, I could say. So th- thank goodness for that lady um, who helped you. But people can assist police. If you're struggling with someone, um, they're able to actually assist you. That's a legal thing. Yes, they can. That's good to know yeah. because sometimes we do struggle with offenders that we're trying to arrest. Some people are on drugs, um, have extra strength. Um, if they've got some mental health issues, um, that can give them some additional strength or resistance. And so we might need some addition, yeah, some extra help. And so we can ask the public to assist us. We can. I wouldn't encourage it as much, no. though, because we don't know what the other uh, person um, has on them. And therefore, we don't want to jeopardise their safety as well. Of so course. we've got to make sure that we don't really put someone else's life into You probably um, wouldn't recommend me trying to help out and it wouldn't go too far. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the Globe Show, Joy 94.9, where we've got Leading Senior Constable Steph Else and Leading Senior Constable Glenn McFarlane, Crime Prevention Officers from Melbourne Proactive Unit. And tonight we want to talk a little bit about car theft and car jacking and car issues. So, Glenn, what's, uh, what's going on out there in the streets or they're, they're pointing at each other they want each other to <laughs> no one wants to answer <laughs> what is, what's some of the issues that uh, we're kind of having to deal with at the moment and need to be aware of well, at the moment, uh, what we're trying to sort of uh, put out there to everyone is to uh, be aware of what's going on around and uh, protect your property and your vehicle from wherever you have it parked. A lot of the times we park our vehicles out in the street if we don't have a garage or a, um, a driveway. So you want to make sure your vehicle's locked uh, during the times you're not with your vehicle. Don't leave valuables. You know, make sure you remove anything that's uh, in sight therefore it stops people from trying to break into the the, uh, vehicle and I always leave my glove box open so that it's obvious there's nothing in there so even though there might not be any valuables visible I also try to show people if they're looking into cars trying to figure out which car to break into they can see in mind there's nothing visible plus the glove box where people might conceal valuables they can see there's nothing in there as well that's pretty good because a lot of people although we keep saying you know lock your vehicles, remove your valuables. We still have a lot of people out there who will leave their wallets, laptops, all sorts of things um, in their vehicles. My daughter, for example, you know, we go somewhere and she's got a computer. Take it with you. Oh, no, I'll put it under the seat. No, take it with you because it'll get stolen. So, you know, people just assume if I put it under the seat or if I lock it in the um, glove box, it won't be seen. But people are out there. They do break into vehicles. They do rummage through uh, glove boxes and everything thing and uh, they'll steal them. One of the things that frightens me is car jacking. Uh, I see that when you, when you talk about that or think about that, you think, you know, this is, must be an American problem or a problem that you have in countries like South Africa. Is it a problem here in Australia or very much Victoria? We, we've had some incidences of it. Um, it's not as prevalent, as I think, as what it is overseas and things like that. But um, what, what we obviously say is, and I think... I believe you've, you're the owner of a nice new um, vehicle or mm-hmm. newish vehicle, and that is it locks itself once you get in and start going. It does actually. When you get to seven kilometres an hour, the thing auto yep. auto locks every door. And obviously, for other people who've got the older vehicles that haven't got that, mm-hmm. obviously, what we recommend is locking when you're driving along, lock your car. Um, that way. Um, 
we had, I think most incidences here were where people were pulling up at traffic lights or other areas around town and the crooks were taking advantage of that and opening the doors and either taking property off the front passenger seat and or engaging with the um, the driver of the vehicle, pulling them out and things like that. So obviously if, you, if you're driving along, we recommend you lock your car even when you're going. Just a little story on that. I um, came from the Masson Rangers, nice country area as I was saying and I came back to working in town here and I did a night shift and at uh, 3 or 4am I had to drive up King Street in Melbourne and being from the country and it's a it's a human nature sort of thing you've got to get into the habit of doing things and anyway I th- I didn't lock my door or anything as I was left work and anyway I was driving up King Street and and all of a sudden I thought hmm I'll lock my door I think because there were so many people around in various conditions and states of whatever and uh, they were wandering across the road and everything else and I just thought I didn't feel safe having my door unlocked so I locked the door. Being aware of your surroundings is a very important thing. Uh, you're on the Glow Show. Join 94.9. We have leading senior constable Steph Else and leading senior constable Glenn McFarlane, uh, crime prevention officers from Melbourne Proactive Unit. Stay tuned for some more. We'll be talking a little bit about uh, car crime and some prevention and tips. You're listening to the Glow Show. Joy 94.9. You're listening to the Glow Show on Joy. Back soon. Your community is our business. Joy 94.9. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. You're back on The Glow Show with Gabby and Will. And we're in the midst of a really interesting conversation with our crime prevention officers from Melbourne, who I work closely with. I'm Glenn McFarlane and Steph Else. And we've been talking about vehicle crime and crime prevention and also a little bit about both officers. Um, We've had an interesting story from both of them in relation to just general police work. And I'd like to ask Glenn um, if you have any interesting police stories you want to share with us, other than what you just shared about driving up King Street and making sure your door was locked. I was was hoping all the would make up for the other bit and it didn't <laughs> no, work, did no, it? No, I want to hear it. Oh, no. I When I was at uh, the Macedon Rangers, I uh, got a um, chief commissioner's commendation. Um, we had a lady with a mental health service up that way and uh, she was suicidal and things like that and she'd taken off and she'd gone to Mount Macedon, um, which was in, in Macedon Rangers, funny enough. And anyway, so uh, she went there and she was standing on a uh, lookout up there and uh, she she was going to be jumping off and all that sort of thing. So um, myself and my partner, we were the first ones there. So we were engaging with her and trying to uh, talk her down, so to speak. And uh, um, obviously after a period of time, which I couldn't even t- say when it was or that, uh, she felt that we, she wasn't getting anywhere and wasn't coming to a, a conclusion sort of thing so she went to jump and uh, I sort of dive forward and, and grabbed hold of her and we, I she so what happened was I sort of went over the edge and she um, fell on my hand on top and that was what was holding me um, above um, sort of thing so and I, so I, you're I, hanging over a precipice uh, well yeah a big hill okay but yeah and yeah so it's like volcanic rocks and all this sort of thing and yeah so anyway um, they went to lift her up and when they went to lift her up I sort of thought hmm this isn't good sort of <laughs> things so I said uh, 
can you give me a hand and all that sort of stuff so yeah so wow you put your life at risk and you saved a life yes yeah well done well done do you know what became of her did she get the help that she needed and She'd been, um, she was known to us um, and she'd had a number of incidences and things like that and uh, I probably left not long after that up there to come down here to Melbourne and things like that. So I never, once I came down here, I hadn't heard anything else Mm. about her or that, but, uh, you know, she was um, getting that ongoing treatment and that Mm. and hopefully, yeah, she's... Excellent. And we we know that... Quite a few people who are at a stage in their life where they're thinking of taking their life or committing suicide, that once that time has passed, they never actually go back to that state. So hopefully that you've saved that young lady's life and she's living a, a, productive a regular life. productive life now. Yeah. Mm. Well done. Now, guys, we were talking a little bit before, uh, obviously, about what you do. You're in the, uh, the car crime prevention Area uh, now another another thing when what comes to mind uh, when we talk about cars is cars being stolen at home. Now, once again, you know when you, you think of that, you think of other countries, but it's becoming a a very real issue here. I've been hearing it on the news a lot, where people are seeking where the nice cars are, and then at the middle of the night they will go to the people's residence and take their luxury car or their nice car from that. So how much of a problem has this become in the last few years or last 10 years? Okay, so obviously what it is is that um, we had a trend of that um, last couple of years, Mm -hmm. but it sort of died down for the last year. Yep. Um, Whereas... It's kind of peaks and troughs with it, isn't there? Yeah. uh, It depends on what will happen is that the offenders will obviously, for what they want the monetary gain or what that for, or to utilise the vehicles. So if they can get them another way, they will. Um, it's like we have trends occasionally where at service stations that you um, pull up at the service station, fill up your car, you go in to pay, and the offenders will be waiting over to the side. They'll come and, and you know take the car if you leave your keys in the car while you're filling up and things like that. So that it's like anything. It comes and goes sort of thing. But with the, um, the houses, I've, I, um, in the last week or so, we've seen um, there's uh, several offenders that have been sought by the police for this type type of um, thing but I think what what you're leading to there is obviously the security on the vehicles has improved um, dramatically yeah mm. compared to the old days with the coat hanger or the bit of mm-hmm. bit of um, plastic that you could put down and all that sort of thing so um, what's happening now is they the, the offenders know that they need to actually um, get the keys so as we say the, the house break-ins and things like that so they're looking for the electronic dongles on, on a lot of these luxury cars yeah or, yeah, or for other cars like mine, um, you're looking for the car key. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so therefore what happens is is that um, there's two ways of thought on this. Obviously, if you have the keys inside the door on the table, um, it's easily accessible and things like that. Whereas, obviously, if you hide it or put it somewhere else where it's not that obvious, obviously, if an offender's breaking in looking for your car keys, um, they have to search for it. They might have that confrontation and engagement with the person living there. So um, I think it's a personal preference of the individual people. Um, I, myself, personally, I would rather have my keys near the front door. Um, It's property. 
um, unfortunately. It's generally insured? Generally insured. Well, yep. should be insured. Um, but no, no matter how much it costs, you can always replace the car, but you can't replace a loved one if it gets ugly. If the, if the person or people have gone to the extent of breaking into your premises and your home, they're looking for your car keys to, to steal your car. So I would rather make sure that myself and my family is safe um, rather than have them come to me demanding access to the keys or any other property. So, I mean, we all want to keep our property safe, but at the end of the day, people's lives are more important than belongings. Yep, but some people uh, might have a very expensive car or a vintage car or something like that where they've got that more personal attachment and as I say it's 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 their own personal choice which way they go with that. Yeah look you can understand that I mean I, I love my car and yeah, good luck to the person who tries to steal that I mean that's my baby but also really the reality is at the end of the day it can be replaced and the last thing you need is to be injured or have one of your loved ones injured as well. So what can we do to try to prevent theft from motor cars or theft of motor cars? Well, if you want to prevent your theft of motor vo- sorry, theft of motor cars, lock all your doors and windows. Make sure they are secured. Park in a well-lit, secured area. Uh, never leave your keys sort of uh, in your car. There are people who might leave keys in the car. They'll run out, and um, especially in winter, you'll so find still doing that. Yeah, yeah, you'll find a wow. lot of people will. Um, I actually saw someone the other day as I was driving to work. Uh, he stopped at an ATM machine. His car was running, and he's run out, get money out of the ATM machine. And I thought. Oh, goodness, you're a target. You know, someone will just jump in and drive off with your car. So people still need to be aware. And um, even though you think it's a split second, I'm going to run out. That's all people need. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. If, Opportunity. Uh, yeah. If someone's there at the right time, they'll take it. So lock your cars, remove the keys from the vehicle and um, park your cars in a well-lit area. So can I just add to all this? Mm-hmm. At the moment, we're seeing an increasing trend in motorcycle and scooter thefts. Um, Why is that, you think? Um, because they're easily accessible. Okay. Most people park them on footpaths. Most people park them out the front of their apartment buildings in inner Melbourne um, and or if they come to work and things like that. Um, they've got security on them. They're either the steering locks or other locks and that sort of thing. But unfortunately, um, motorcycles can be lifted so they can actually have a van or a car with a trailer or similar like that and they can actually just lift them up and put them in there and drive off so the actual locks and that on them aren't effective um, but that includes even in a lot of people living in apartment buildings um, they, and that goes for um, vehicle crime as well they think that it's safe in the underground car park because they've got the gate that goes up the gate that goes down unfortunately they, the, the offenders um, tailgate in and again they'll steal the motorbikes by what we were just saying but also steal from cars Cars can have keys in them, they have their property in them because people think that they're secure when they're really just like parking them out on the street. So with the motorbikes and scooters on the street, how do you prevent thefts? If, you, if you're locking it and you're putting, and they've got the, the locks on them, but people are just picking them up and carrying them away, what can you do? Yep, there, there are aftermarket um, security systems where you can get where it sort of creates like a... You know, a force field now it creates a barrier around the actual motorbike and if something it gets moved or that outside that um, range then it can set off an alarm and goes to your mobile phone and things like that unfortunately not many people um, 
most people don't actually either get it aftermarket or they don't get it when they're buying their uh, motorcycles or scooters or that. But um, with this developing trend and increase of these thefts, obviously it's something that I would recommend to anyone who's got a motorbike or a scooter that you know to look at that when they're purchasing it because obviously you can wrap that all into the loan or whatever it is that you may have or that whereas if you're after that you've got to come up with the cash or that to buy it it'll probably lower your insurance anyway oh i'd say so exactly yeah, but you need to contact your insurance company to of course check to make sure interesting stuff <coughs> yep Oh, sorry. And just back on the um, preventing from the theft from motor vehicles, yep. uh, as we spoke earlier on, don't leave valuables in the um, side of anyone. Remove what you've got. Again, lock your vehicles. Though in saying that, there are a lot of people that don't lock their vehicles uh, for that reason. They'll say, well, if they're going to break into it they might as well just open the doors they don't want the car damaged yeah, they'd rather take the property that's right yeah. or, or they don't leave any property in there but they also leave it unlocked as well yeah. sorry just to probably finish is that what we say is it could even be two or three dollars of change in the console it costs the crook or the offender nothing to actually break your window and seal your two or three dollars, but it's going to cost you a few hundred dollars and the insurance and everything else to have to your get window it, replaced. Yeah, and like I said, it can be the silliest of thing that you see. Um, it could be even a sports bag you've got on the back seat that you know is empty, but the offender doesn't. They look through your window, they see that the bag there. They'll break the window to see if there's anything in it. Nothing in it. They go. And yet you've got You're to left with the cost. Exactly. So interesting stuff. Lots to talk about. I love uh, I love all this sort of discussion and there's some fantastic tips out there. Now guys, thanks very much for coming in tonight. It's been a pleasure having you in. And um, yeah. Gabby, you stay safe this week. Yes, I'll see you next Monday. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for coming thanks, in, guys. guys. Thank and you. uh, you've been listening to the Glow Show, Joy 94.9. That's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tyak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.